It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, Harry and Meghan reveal they've been invited to the King's coronation, but they won't say if they'll deign to show up. How much more of this Sussex circus should any of us have to tolerate? Plus, drugs cheat or victim of an injustice. I'll talk exclusively to boxer Connor Ben on the dramatic fight to clear his name after failing drugs tests. And after ransacking Roald Dahl and neutering James Bond, the dreaded sensitivity readers are deployed to sanitise Ladybird classics, including Cinderella and Snow White. Well, good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. I'm sick of talking about them. Honestly, I am. I think most of us are, but they can't stop yapping about themselves and putting themselves into the news agenda, so we have to. Yes, it's Harry and Meghan who've now regaled us with their truth. So far in sycophantic interviews with Oprah Winfrey, with James Gordon, with Stephen Colbert, they've bashed Britain in six hours of indulgent whining on Netflix. They've fronted podcasts on their self-centred versions of history. Harry has barely finished the global family trashing tour in support of his treacherous family trashing memoir. But inevitably, he's decided that the world hasn't heard quite enough from him. So Harry's latest wheeze is a live therapy session with Dr Gabor Mate, a fated trauma expert in which he reminded us again that he, Harry, is the world's biggest victim. And then at some point you say towards the end of the book, when is someone in this family going to break free and live? Mm-hmm. Have you done that? I have now. Yeah. Um, what does it feel like? Feels great. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, once the book came out, I felt, I felt incredibly free. Mm-hmm. I felt a huge weight off my shoulders. Oh, shut up! Fans paid twenty pounds each. Can you imagine paying for that? <laughs> For 90 minutes of that psychobabble in which Harry revealed he began therapy after a row with Meghan and again divulges his fondness for drugs. I started doing it recreationally, he says, and I started to realise how good it was for me. He's talking about psychedelic narcotics. I would say it's one of the more fundamental parts of my life that changed me and helped me deal with the traumas and pains of the past. Well, as there's been an advert not taking drugs, it's old Harry, isn't it? U.S. border agents take a dim view of drug use by non-U.S. citizens. Nigella Lawson was once banned from flying to America after admitting she'd taken cocaine. Another compelling reason why we don't want them at the King's coronation. We might end up being stuck with them for good. Well, this unfortunately worded caption of the story in the Times said it best. At the end of the talk with Prince Harry, Dr. Gabor Marte said he was suffering from PTSD 
ADHD, depression, anxiety and panic disorder. No reports on what Harry's suffering from after that. Uh, so we're all, I think, feeling the same way, which is enough, surely enough. And yet it won't be, will it? They're just going to keep going and going and going, depicting themselves as the world's greatest victims whilst pocketing hundreds of millions of dollars to describe their life of victimhood. There's no end to the self-indulgent arrogance from the Sussexes and their grievances. And they've now announced that they've been in email correspondence over their attendance at the King's coronation. But, and I quote exactly, an immediate decision on whether the Duke and Duchess will attend will not be disclosed by us at this time. Think about that response for a moment. The lack of self-awareness is jaw-dropping. They've been invited to the new monarch of Britain's coronation. And they'll go back to them with an answer when they've thought about it. Is it any wonder that their popularity is plummeting on both sides of the Atlantic? Is it any wonder they've become objects of such global ridicule? Comedian Chris Rock's become a latest comic to target Meghan and Harry in his new Netflix special. Some of that sh she went through was not racism. It was just some in-law <laughs> Sometimes it's just some in-law Because she's complaining. I'm like, what the are you talking about? No, they're so racist. They wanted to know how brown the baby was going to be. That's not racist. Because even black people want to know how brown the baby going to be. Well, the Sussexes have been on what they call a journey when it comes to their claims of racism in the royal family. First, they sensationally accused the royal family directly of racism. Then they tried to gaslight us into believing they'd never accused the royal family of racism at all. It was all the terrible media who'd done that. Now it's increasingly clear that just about nobody takes any of these claims seriously anymore. Harry ended his therapy session by addressing their ruthless mockery in a recent episode of South Park. The more they criticise me, he said, the more I need to share... Oh, my God. So, same time tomorrow, Harry. If you keep lying, we'll keep having to cover it. Well, joining me now is author and historian Tessa Dunlop, who just flicked something weird across the desk there in her <laughs> fury at my monologue. Activist and BLM organiser Iman Aiton and talk to be contributor Esther Kraku and the Sunday Times Royal Editor Roya Nicker. I want to start with, because, Roya, you broke the story that the uh, King's office has sent an emailed invitation to the coronation for Harry and Meghan. But their response to me said it all. Just the arrogance of saying, yeah, we've got it and we'll come back to you when we've decided what we want to do. It was an interesting response. Um, it wasn't quite the response I suppose I was expecting. Um, I was just very keen and asked and asked and asked whether or not they had received an invite. Um, and got it very late on Saturday night that they had, in fact, been invited by the King. And I suppose that's the olive branch that everyone has been waiting for. There has been so much speculation about whether or not they were going to be invited and then come. But, of course, now everyone is going to be waiting to see if they both come, if just Harry comes. Of course, it's Archie's fourth birthday on the day, so there is, there is that to take into account. Um, but, yeah, we, we now wait and see when they might RSVP to the King. I mean, like you say, an olive branch from the King... Uh, and a big one, frankly, because, you know, he's just had to put up with all this trashing in the book about him, about his wife, Camilla, about his son, William, about Kay. All of them got it in this book. So he made the olive branch, which is seen as the decent thing for him to do, although I wouldn't uh, have recommended he do it. If they, if they come, we're going to have the circus. 
the entire time they're over. And it will in some way overshadow the coronation. Not completely, but it will certainly cast a shadow. If they don't come, my view is, well, all right, we'll have a bit of noise about them not coming, but there won't be that shadow. They'll be in California, nowhere near the action when it happens. Isn't the smart play for everybody that they just stay in Montecito? The thing is, I think the king wouldn't have issued that invite unless he actually really, really wanted his son there. Um, he wants his son there. I think the other thing we saw with the Platinum Jubilee service last year for Her Majesty the Queen, the late Queen, of course, is that they did come over and they were actually able, after all the hullabaloo of earlier last year, after Oprah and all of that, they were able to actually come to parts of it and stay out of the limelight. I think the other thing to remember here is a coronation is a once-in-a-generation massive deal. There will be golden carriages, there will be 2,000 people in the Abbey. It will be an extraordinary sight. Harry and Meghan, yes, OK, there's a bit of a circus around them, but I think all eyes will be on the king and queen and everything else that's going on that day and the rest of the royal family. So I think it's doable. I don't think that... If they come, I don't think they're going to completely steal the show. They didn't last year for the Platinum Jubilee. It can be done. Well, I hope you're right, uh, Roya, but another cracking scoop. Congratulations in the Sunday Times. Appreciate you joining me. Thank you very Thank much. You. Uh, OK, let's get into this. Iman, the Chris Rock thing, first of all, did make me laugh out loud because, of course... I was accused of being a racist for not believing all this racism garbage that she was going out with. Now Chris Rock has said it. Is he a racist? OK, well, we have to put everything that he said into context first, OK? So he said that everyone wants to play the victim and he also referred to white men being the most recent culprits alongside Meghan Markle. He also said that uh, Meghan had... Uh, won the light skin lottery, so in mm. other words, she has light skin privilege, and so therefore <laughs> he couldn't quite understand why she was still complaining. He also said that she was acting dumb in regards to the royal family, um, and that's when he proceeded to say that they were the original racists, they invented colonialism, and they were the OGs of racism. So in other words, <laughs> racism should be expected. So he basically spent the best part of his set making it dead clear that the royal family were a bunch of racists, and that Meghan Markle's ignorance and naivety well, he was, was alluding... basically okay, but... utterly ludicrous. Okay. So that was his set, He was alluding really. to colonialism, and you can certainly frame an argument that there was obviously racism and colonialism. I, I can accept that. Mm -hmm. well, we're talking about the current members of the royal family being directly accused of racism, oh. Esther. And what really annoyed me about Harry retracting that was that two years yeah. of damaging allegations left to hang around the world that the royals have been racist. And then he turns around and says, well, we never meant to be racist. Well, then I, I always made the point that he didn't know what he was talking about because he, he, he started trying to wade into a conversation that was way out of his depth, saying he was unconscious bias. And I, I often made the point that, hold on, you've let these allegations stew for two years, saying that there was concern about the darkness of your child. Even people that are not particularly fond of anything to do with sort of racial politics would say, that is racist, right? Mm. But then you to turn around and say, actually, the media said that it was racist mm. and that we, we, we are suddenly so, so, so blind and all we do is follow the media that we can't actually discern this for ourselves. That's when everyone on both sides of the debate said, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what, Tessa? You're just using your wife. Yeah, look, I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot. <laughs> I feel like hey. Prince Harry here, like the white plonker. Do you know what you're <laughs> 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 bear in mind, bear in mind that when I, when I left Good Morning Britain, I think I've talked about this before, but when I left Good Morning Britain, it's because specifically I didn't believe Meghan Markle's claims that she'd gone to someone at the palace and said she was suicidal and they said she couldn't get or any therapy, treatment yeah. or therapy or help. And also I didn't believe the racism claims. Now, what's interesting is neither of those... But hang on, Tessa, here's my point. Neither of those claims get repeated in Harry's... 420-page book. Yeah. It's like they never happened. And yet they were the incredibly incendiary and explosive allegations which triggered this whole thing. Now, what happened to them? Where did they go? 
it's a question of nuance. Mm. I am very clearly a white woman, but I am married to a foreigner at the bottom of the European pecking order, a Romanian. And I remember, and my, my a wider family deny this, I remember my aunt, her little pink fist, banging on the table, our country is too full, we don't want him over here. I remember the way they spoke to him, such as some members, not all members of my family, with a louder voice, like he was a tradesperson coming in the back door in the 1950s. This stuff, it filters in, it's very hard to prove, it's hard to articulate. Mm. And we're talking about white on white in the, in the well, context of my family. So what I'm trying to explain you're describing is, xenophobia, though. Right, okay, I know, I've, I've, I've explained that. But I'm talking about these things that are very hard okay. to articulate, they're mm. hard to prove, and they're actually... Um, th what, what happens is they get labelled, they get pigeonholed, they get pushed into two camps. Hang on, hang on, I'm and sorry, becomes, sorry, hang on. Actually, I believe Harry when he said he felt something. I've hung around public school boys. Yeah. I've been in a group yeah, that's fine, that's with, fine. With, with, who have referred to the Tessa, Serena and Venus Williams as silverbacks. I've heard fine, that with fine. my own ears yes, in the last We're not talking years. about any of those so, things. So Listen, here's my point. But, Fine. but we are, actually, aren't we? Well, no, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. They went yeah. on global television yeah. to Oprah Winfrey, the most famous people in the world, yeah. and they made direct allegations of racism that they now have said they simply didn't make. We didn't mean to say anyone was racist. They've never named anybody who they originally said said these things. Nothing. It doesn't appear in the book. It's just vanished after two years of incredible damage to the brand of the monarchy. And Can I just say, the agenda's yeah. changed. I just want to just throw that point in. I've said this several times. Their agenda has changed, Piers, and so therefore their tactics have too, and so that is why it's no longer in the book, because oh, their they... premise right now is about getting Imran, their they, family Should back. they have the gall to turn up at the coronation? Bear in mind these two have done so much to damage the institution of the monarchy mm. in the last three years. Why would they even want to be there celebrating oh, the coronation of our next king? Well, firstly, I think it is more than possible to highlight racism within an institution while simultaneously wanting to reconnect with your family. That's the first point. Secondly... But is that what they um, did? Did well, they highlight racism? Or did he... Well, well, hold on That was the original plan to highlight racism. We already know that they have backpedalled with that. Yeah, so there was and no so racism. We already know that. And in terms of the coronation, well... It's Archie's birthday, as we already know. So, for me personally, I yeah, four-year-old kid's birthday oh, party versus the coronation of a coincidence. I don't believe that that's a coincidence. Oh, that. do me a favour. I do not call me sceptical. I don't. You think they planned the coronation to ruin Archie's birthday? I'm not saying that. Oh, for goodness sake! Just on record, Piers is shouting. Just on record, Piers man shouting. Sorry, this is the stuff of total insanity. Of course, they didn't plan the coronation to ruin a four-year-old kid's birthday party in California. I think it could have been a way you, out. You think it's deliberate? No, I'm not looking at it. Look at the side. All right, right time out. No one can hear everyone. We're all, we're, only I'm allowed to shout on this show. <laughs> Esther, apparently yeah. they've done this deliberately, the coronation, to, to ruin I, Archie's I, I birthday. Do, I do see that argument. There could be merit there, because if they say they're not coming because of Archie's birthday... Don't, don't tell me you've gone nuts as well. No, no, no. politics. We need What we've got is... Uh, to me, they're like teenagers, and teenagers often make really good points. They're at the front of pushing the envelope forward. They've made their case, sometimes inarticulate, sometimes clumsy, sometimes egregiously. Okay, now they're in their bedroom, right? And we need them to come out the bedroom. No, we don't. Yes, no, we, no, don't. we don't. They need to climb <laughs> down because mummy and daddy at the table want them. Absolutely no, the not. No. Yes, yeah, so if you do the metaphor. And by the way, here's the other the point. It's not, it's not just about what the king wants because it's his son. 
It's about what the king should do is the right thing for the country. That's what I wanted yeah. to ask. The king represents all of us, right? I don't think the most people in Britain want Harry and Meghan anywhere near. Not just about Britain. Can I just say? Not I don't think Britain. that this is, in terms of the coronation, I don't think this is simply just about whether King Charles wants them there or whether Harry and Meghan want to be there. I actually think that this is due to reputation management, and I think it comes down to what is best for the institution. And I believe what is best is. Uh, all right. Do you think they should be there? Redemption. I yes think, or no? I think that King Charles should prioritize uh, they should be there. issues within his family. So I think they should go. Should well, they be? I, I don't think they should go. I think it's it's this is something for the British public. I, I'm I'm quite frankly I'm sick of the saga. I'm sick of the drama. I, I'm sorry for the issues that they're having, but this should be happening behind closed doors. Tessa, if they do come, Th they are... do come. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to bring a camera crew. They're going to bring recorders, and they're going to invade the privacy of the royal family you know, all over and again. And here's and here's what's going to be the winners. The royal family will win if they come. They will win if they come. And you. The press, the populist press will win, Piers. <laughs> so it's all gun to get them on those pews. Actually, I'm no longer the popular press. I'm a what television presenter oh, I of see. a show oh, called really? Piers Morgan Uncensored. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I'm glad we all reached agreement that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Delusions on grandeur, right? One thing for sure, if they do come, it will be, of course, a story. And we will, of course, be compelled to cover it. Well, that's it. After the break, as Conor Benner's boxing career hangs in the balance, I ask him some tough questions. My exclusive interview is next. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Conor Benn, the son of boxing legend Nigel Benn, was one of British boxing's biggest prospects. But in October last year, just days away from a domestic grudge supermatch with Chris Eubank Jr., Benn was accused of failing two drugs tests and the fight was postponed. He's chosen to speak to me exclusively on the dramatic fight he now has to clear his name. Connor, thank you for joining me. Why are you doing this interview? Oh, because I feel like a lot of people have speculated and had time to say what they want to say, and um, I've never, never been able to speak on it. The court of public opinion has been pretty savage about what's happened. I think it's because... When the public hear anything about drugs in sport or cheating or anything like that, they immediately assume the worst. And most of the time, they're right to assume that. Let's be honest about it. You're in that horrible position for any sportsman where you failed two drug tests and you're trying to prove your innocence. But you've probably seen what social media has been saying. How has that impacted on you? I mean, it's been brutal. Um... You know, it does feel like a witch hunt. Uh, I've never seen anything quite like this before um, in any other athlete, whether they've raised their hands to it or, you know, they've just taken a small ban. You know, I was willing to fight for my innocence and, and prove my innocence, although there was an easy way out in the beginning in lying and saying, oh, I may have accidentally done this. I may have done this by accident and, and taken a small six-month ban. Instead, I've chose to fight this because my integrity mattered more to me and I would never, ever, ever raise my hands to something I ain't done. Four months ago, you were preparing for one of the biggest fights of your life against Chris Eubank uh, Jr. Everyone was waiting for this, huge anticipation. We all remembered what happened when the two fathers fought. I remember it very well. I know your dad well. And Chris Eubank Sr. Um, and then your world falls apart. What is that moment like for you when you heard about the failed drug test? Um, I didn't think anything of it, to be fair, when it was the first one. Um, when they said they found an adverse finding, I didn't really think anything of it. Really? No, not at all. Isn't that every sportsman's nightmare? Um, no, because I thought there may have been an error. I thought, let's run another test mm. straight away. Let's do, let's 
you know, that I know I'm, I've never even heard of this thing before. This is the first time this I heard the, of this the thing. This is the drug, which is uh, clomiphene, which can boost testosterone levels by up to I'm 26. 50%. I'm 26. And, and reduce body fat. Yeah, I'm just saying what it is. Yeah, so I'm right? 26. When people are saying that I may have needed a testosterone booster, I'm 26 years old. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what this thing was at the time. Mm. So for me, I thought, OK, you know, it may have been, you know, an error or an accident somewhere um, along... We can find out what's happened. And then when it was when I found out that, you know, there'd been a second adverse finding was when I was like, OK, now something's actually wrong. There's something wrong here. Mm. And... Um, what are you feeling inside yourself at that point? Who's done this to me? I genuinely looked around and I thought it was the hardest part of this whole period. Of everything I've been through, this was the hard part, was because I was looking around and thinking, OK, I'm actively taking it. It's actively in something, or it's, something's happened. It's definitely there. And these were the thoughts that were going on through my head. Who's done this? Do you accept this was in your body? I don't accept it was in my body, not at all, based on independent scientists looking at the reports, based on my own scientists looking at the reports and, and what we found. People say, you may have paid for the best legal team. Damn right I paid for the best legal team. Damn right I paid for the best scientists. My career's on the line. My image is on the line. My name is on the line. And I can't be known for this. And it was more so me employing the best people to find out what had actually happened. What do you think of people who cheat in sport? It should be banned for life. Especially in context, it should be banned for life. Yeah, banned for life. You know, it's, it's, there's no room for it. There's been a fighter today who's who's just had a brain hemorrhage. There's no room for it. I know firsthand the damage it does from my dad with other with Joe McLennan from I Michael was, Watson. I was there, ringside of that fight. I mean, and both men got taken to the hospital. Both nearly died. And you think I do it? And people think I do this. It's hard for me because it's like I turned pro at 19. I'm under the public eye. They've seen how hard I work over the years. They've seen, you know, the three, three in the morning runs. They've seen the nutrition. They've seen the work I put in with my coaches. You know, everyone can vouch for how hard I work, but that's not good enough. Normally, I would say the vast majority of times a sportsman tests positive for drugs. They always say, I didn't do it, invariably, and then almost always it is proven that they did. You're in a strange position of you're in a kind of mid-position mid right now because the WBC have come back and they have said uh, that they think there may have been reasons why you had this in your body, but they have made a presumption it was in your body. You don't even accept no, that. I don't, I don't accept that. How so does... when they say you may have taken... And it got a lot of attention, this, and some mockery. Yeah. But when they said it may have been a highly elevated consumption of eggs okay. could have created this positive testing, you, you don't even accept that? I don't accept that, no. The WBC, while I was on the... Me and my team were on the phone to them um, on a Zoom call. They had come out and said that they are, one of their scientists are currently dealing with two cyclists who have tested positive for clomiphene in traces um, and they can prove it's in the embryos in the eggs. I'm not willing to accept it because the 270-page report that I sent over to them, mm. what my team sent over to them, had nothing to do with eggs. It had everything to do with my test testing negative three times and nine days later testing positive. They didn't conclude they found anything wrong with the testing. What they did say, they said there was no conclusive evidence that Mr Ben engaged in intentional or knowing ingestion of clomiphene. I don't believe it was there in the first place. You've got to remember, I've never, I don't even know what this thing is. Coincidentally, for my first VADA test, coincidentally for the biggest fight of my career, there's a, there's a substance in my body that I haven't even heard of. 
The reality is this particular drug, which is becoming more prevalent in sport, and no-one's quite sure why, but it can, as I said, boost testosterone levels by 50%. It can reduce body fat. Um, so it clearly would have tangible benefits on an athlete. I mean, it would. Whoever the athlete is, it would help. If, for some, if someone was doing it deliberately, it would help. Well, definitely. But what the WBC is saying is even uh, the peak of it in my system is still only a trace. Why don't you give this dossier 270 pages of it? Why don't you give it to the British Boxing Board of Control? Because they're ultimately the ones that can sanction or not sanction your right to fight in this country. My dad tore up his British boxing licence on TV in the 80s. Mm. You know, the board don't... I ain't going to stop me from fighting. They can't stop me from fighting. Look, it's not you having a professional fight in this country. In this country, and that's fine, so be it. Is that they filed, they filed seven misconduct charges against me. One of them was they wanted... Because uh, we wanted the fight to go ahead. The second one was because we didn't tell Eubank immediately. And on the Monday, they said, we're upholding all charges. I thought you lot can do one. You think I'm going to sit here and take this? But if you have... You... All, what they've said is, well, show us the evidence. I, but I couldn't care you've less. Got, you've got 270 pages of apparent evidence... Surely the smart thing to do, whatever your views of the of the border control, they are the governing body. Surely you should just give them your evidence, let them well, respond. That's that's down to my legal team. You know well, what would stop you? I don't understand what stops you. My pride, the way they've dealt with this, the, the way the way gonna, the pride way won't get you through this. But the, 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 I don't have to be licensed by the board. That's my views on well, it. You need to fight. You need to fight in Britain. I don't plan on fighting in Britain anytime soon. Just put it all it, on the internet. I want to. It's on, I want to. Trust me. What's stopping you? The, the ongoing legal cases. That's, that's the only, that's the only you reason. You seem to... Look, this yeah. is your career, your livelihood. This is everything at stake here. Isn't it? No, I agree. Everything's on the line. I agree, and this is what I keep trying to tell my lawyer, but you can't do this, you can't do that. Mate, this would have been public. I've known what I've known since December, and I've kept quiet, everyone firing, everyone attacking me, everyone... And I've known what I've known since December, and I'm sitting here again going, well, why can't we just release the information? Why can't the public just know what's actually gone on? Because the public, you know, from what I just I looked at it today, social media, is savage. They've convicted you. They think you're guilty. And, I, and I'm going to have to deal with that, I think. I think public but how, have made up How are you going to deal with that? There will be... There will, there will be is Eddie Hearn, your promoter, says, look, it's time to... You've got to move on, you've got to progress. What do you think when, when he says that? Well, I don't think they're... I think the public have made up their mind already. Irrelevant of what's presented, irrelevant of what the boards say, I've got strong DNA and I'm one hell of a fighter. Naturally, I work hard, I've made loads of sacrifices and I'm willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. And that's why I'm where I am, not because of cheating. If you feel this passionately about it, I can sense it, I can sense you're emotional about this. To be branded a cheat in the court of public opinion, what, what has that done to you? Um, yes, it's, um, it's, um, yeah, it's hurt me, yeah. It's, um, it's been, um, yeah, it's hurt me, this has. Yeah. How, how badly? Um, I didn't think I was going to make it through this period. I didn't think... Um, I didn't think I was going to make it through. Um, you know, there was shame for saying I hadn't even done. You know, it's, it's hard because it was like... I felt like I was on death row for saying I ain't even done. You know, if I had done something wrong, you know, I'm human. You know, I raised my hands to it. I made a mistake. Wherever it is, my personal life, wherever it is, I raised my hands. Never, never this. And, you know, I felt like seven years of hard work and sacrifice and leaving my family and, and the image I maintained was just, you know, ruined at somebody else's incompetence. You know, it was, um, yeah, it's, um, it's been hard for the when family. When you say you didn't think you'd make it, what do you mean? Um, I didn't think I would... Um, I didn't think I'd... I was taking it day by day. I didn't think I'd see another day.
You were feeling suicidal? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it upsets me now because... because I, I don't know how I got so bad. I got in a really bad way, babe. You gotta remember, you gotta remember if, if you think I'm innocent or if you don't think I'm innocent, I am innocent. Yeah, I mean, look, let me be clear. I don't know, right? This is the first time we've met. I know your father from old. I've watched you from afar. I've admired your work in a boxing ring. But I don't know if you're innocent. I would never do this to my family. I would never do this to my supporters. You think I'd do this to my dad? You think I'd do this to, to my son, who's now got to grow up and, and look at... Well, look at this. You think I... It's not who I am. Cheat or victim? We're coming up more revelations from Conor Ben and his boxing legend father, Nigel, also joins us for a bold intervention. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome back now to the final part of my exclusive interview with Conor Ben. He's just revealed that he was left feeling suicidal after failing two drugs tests, which made him a target of savage online abuse. So I asked him about that abuse and just how bad it got. I don't... I don't I've, there's been, there's been t- too many. You know? well, what kind of thing? Um, kill yourself. People yeah. have told you to kill yeah, yourself. Kill yourself. People said, um, uh, yeah, kill yourself. Racist comments to my son. With my family on social media. Yeah, yeah. Anything in in person? In Nothing the streets? in person. No, never. Nothing in person. Um, you know, it's cowardly. It's cowardly. I think I don't even think it's social media that bothers me. It's, it was more so the shame I felt leaving the house, although I had done nothing wrong. I, you know, I was, I was having night terrors, panic attacks, you know, and I don't throw I don't throw these words at it. Mental health. I was really struggling. I was in a really bad way, um, you know, and I was coping terribly with it. Um, you know, I was coping in a really bad way with it. How are, you, how are you now about it? Um, it's still hard for me because it's... because I still can't believe I'm in this situation. You know, I still can't believe how much the public want me to be guilty of this, or boxing pundits. You're telling me I'm guilty. Boxing pundits telling me I'm guilty. They know me, they know my family. You know what I stand for. You know who I am. Why are you trying, why are you trying to label me a cheat? You're they, not suing the labs, right? Well, there, there is that talk. You think I'm what, manufacturing, manipulating and concealing evidence? I've got an independent scientist to look a report and that's what we've seen. 
from one of the best lads, manipulation, manufacturing but and concealing But that wasn't evidence. verified by the WBC. Or are you, what are the WBC going to come out and say? Rob, that's oh. what I mean. You've got to go to the governing body that can actually do look I, at this do, properly. Do I... It's hard because I want this to be done. I want this to be finished and I want to resume with my career. Should I just sit back and accept the fact that Are you going to sue the board? No, of course. I'll be suing the board. When? I'll, when it will be suing them now. My, my legal team will be in touch with you. Mean when? You know, as soon as For how much money, do you know? For the full loss of earnings, damaged reputation. What, how much is because that? Because the, the, the board shouldn't recognise VADA. Let me ask you this. Let's assume for a moment your theory is right. It's a theory. It's not proven scientifically yet and hasn't been ratified by any governing body. But if your theory is right, it was contaminated, it would prompt the question, well, why? Who would want to do that? Uh, what? It would be in the... It would, the only way it would be contamination if it... In whose interest in is it to, to ruin this great fight? I'm not, I'm not saying it was deliberate. What, in the lab? I'm not saying it was deliberate. You know, it may be an error in the testing. I'm not saying deliberately. Mm. I'm not saying that anyone's in the lab's deliberately done this. It may, it, I'm not saying that at all, but it may be an accident. It may be an error. There are millions and millions of pounds at stake here, dollars, whatever you say. Does this, all, does this all sound... From what I've said about the testing, manipulation, manufacturing, consumer evidence, from what I'm saying to you, does that sound... Does that sound... Listen, you sound like you have a welter of information, but I cannot for the life of me understand why you wouldn't then give it to the, the governing body. It's down to them whether you fight in this country again. Yeah, I so don't... I don't understand that. That, to me, makes no I sense. Can, I this. can get a licence elsewhere. What does Eddie... I mean, I've got a lot of time for Eddie Hearn. He's, he's a, I think he's a brilliant promoter, and he cares about his fighters. He wants you to try and move on from this. That's, yeah. that's his advice, right? What have you said to him about that? I just said I need the biggest fight possible, the hardest fight, so that when I beat that person in devastating fashion, there's no questions as to my whole career. There's no questions. It's done. That's, that's, what, that's what I want to do. Mm. I can't come back. I don't need no warm-up. I don't need no easy fight. I don't need a warm-up to get back into it. I'm 26 years old. Give me the best name. Give me the have biggest name. Have you been name. training properly? Of course I have. I've tried throughout this whole period. Is it hard to train properly when you're in this, now this it's fine. mental state? Now it's fine. I, I struggled. There was probably about two months where I was, um, yeah, I was in a really bad way, you know. Did um, you talk to your dad about it? Um, I did, but my dad was in a bad way as well. Why? Over this? Over this, yeah. Yeah, my dad was... He, so, I was... I was in a bad way. I was sobbing most nights. I was, didn't want to go to sleep because of, I knew what I had to wake up to. Um, you got me, this is a nightmare for me. How has this happened? How have, I, how have I got in this situation? My faith let me down. I've... You feel that? Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. Let me bring in your dad. He's been listening to this. He's over in Sydney. Nigel, I've not talked to you for a long time. We used to have uh, a few dinners yeah, together. Yeah. It's good to see you. Um, I've got three sons, all in their 20s, actually, one of whom is, is Connor's age. And I can't imagine many tougher things for a father to have to deal with than listening to your son talking in such a profoundly emotional and upsetting way about feeling suicidal in the last few weeks and months since all this went down. How does that, first of all, make you feel as a father to hear this? I tell you what, um, Pierce. I was actually in the same same position as my son. Um, I was really struggling as well for myself. Uh, I don't really drink. Um, every night I was drinking like half a bottle of red wine a night on on medication. And um, yeah, we both we both were in a in a dark 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 place because um, to me. 
it looks like this is a witch hunt. It's like we're going back to the 1800s. She, the witch, she, the witch, she, the witch, burner, burner. And it's like, yeah, burner, burner. I think, hold on a minute, that's my son. And one thing is, Piers, if I ever thought my son was guilty or anything, mate, I'd say, son, I love you, but you know what? you got to deal with this on your own, mate. I'd hang him out to dry. But I was actually in this training camp with him, Piers. I was training with him. I would say on that that there are lots of benefits to being the son of somebody famous. And I've had this conversation with my sons. But there are also disadvantages. Connor will get an irrational 100%. amount of attention because he's your son. I don't understand why, if there's this compelling dossier of 270 pages yeah. of material, right. why right. not right. make that public and why not give it to the British Boxing Board? OK, I've, listen, I agree with you, Piers, but... The same way I feel that they're dealing with Connor and not these other fighters is that, uh, the same way they dealt with me. Listen, like Nigel, I understand your passion. I understand Connor's passion. But I also think if you've gone to yeah. all this trouble to draw up this massive dossier of evidence and the British yeah. Boxing Board is asking for it, I don't understand how it can be anything but bad for your case if you don't hand it over. Yeah. I mean, at very least, call their bluff. Say, right... Here you are. Get them to respond to it. I don't know why, if I was in your position, that's what I would do. You're like your father. You are your own man, right? You are. And if you wanted to, you could put this out there tonight. Yeah. I still don't think that proves my innocence at all. I've just been cleared by the organisation which the test in which I failed. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to counter that agenda by making public this dossier. Because I don't know what it is they got in for me. I don't know what... I don't know what. What vendetta it is? Yeah, but it's are. like saying you're accused of killing someone. Okay, but, have I've been massive... but I've been proven innocent no, no, by you're... the authorities that well, run that test. I wouldn't say you've been proven innocent. They just couldn't. What well, produce... they've given me the clear. They've said you. They said there was no conclusive evidence. Just to be clear, exactly what they said, right? It's not an absolutely unequivocal. You're definitely innocent, but it's certainly not unhelpful. I've seen oh, sportsmen oh, come oh, back from this oh. when they've gone through the process. Please, please, Nigel. Please, please. Yeah, I, I I do agree with you. Um, I don't know what the legal side of it, but yeah, I, I, me personally, and I love my son, you know, and I know for a fact that he, he's an innocent man. Nigel, as a, again, as yeah. speaking as a father now, you yeah. know, Connor talked very movingly about, you know, sobbing every night while talking to you. You're in yeah. Australia, the other part of the world, you know, the time zones, you're drinking, you're feeling terrible too. Those conversations must be some of the most painful you've ever had in your life, right? What did you say? to Connor in those, in those conversations to try and stop him from, as he put it, you know, considering taking his life? I'll, I'll be honest with you, Piv, it was like, I come home here, because I was with Connor for five months. I wasn't, I wasn't here, I was in England with him. So while he was going through this period, like I, I was there with him, I'd stay, I'd stay until January, uh, and then after, then my mum died, so I had so much pressure on me, and I was just a, a mess, and, and, and so I wasn't actually really good for Connor, because actually it was, I was trying to try to be strong, but there again, it was like, um, while he was out, I, you know, he was dealing with his own issues, I was trying to deal with mine, and, and we struggled, and we struggled. We, we both got through it together, thank God,
Nigel, I've got to, I've got to wrap, wrap it, unfortunately. Uh, what I would say to you, Connor, is I, I feel that you're in a lot of pain about this. That's clear. And I'm extremely sorry you've been going through what you've been going through because nobody should ever feel that way and it's, it's, it's awful. And the, the court of public opinion on social media can be particularly brutal. I've experienced myself. It's, it's a very, very unpleasant thing. But I also think you can turn that round. But ultimately, this may be down to you deciding what you want to do with your life and your future and your career. I mean, what is the dream for you out of this hell? Just get back fighting. The fighting's the easy part. The fighting, uh, this has been the hardest fight I've ever had to face. The fighting's the easy part. That's, that's no, I'm born, born fighting. It's in my blood. Well, Connor, I wish you well in, in, in pursuing this. I'm not going to make a judgment until it's all concluded. You know, the facts are what they are as we know them, but the facts can develop. You know, if there is genuinely new information which exonerates you, my advice is get it out there. Thank you. So, thank you very much. And, Nigel, I appreciate you joining me from Australia. It's very early over there. Uh, and I thank you also yeah. for your candour. Thank you very much. Thank you. And tell Connor to get that thing off his top lip. <laughs> well, that is a problem, I agree. Yeah. Some things fathers can't just get their sons to do. All my sons have weird <laughs> facial hair. It's, it's got to stop, I agree. Hey, good to talk to you, Nigel. It's been a, been a while, and I, I appreciate you joining me. Well, next tonight, lock up your Disney princesses, the so-called dreaded sensitivity readers. They're coming for them. We'll discuss that after the break. Well, welcome back. Joining me, our talk to you contributor, Esther Cracker, associate editor of the Daily Mirror, Kevin Maguire. So, a sort of extraordinary interview with Connor Ben there, because... I don't know whether he's telling me the truth or not. How can I know? Yeah. Only he really knows. He's failed these two drug tests and he's pleading with us to think he's not that kind of guy. The problem I have with these sort of interviews, Kevin, is that, I mean, pretty much every sporting cheat, that's the kind of thing they say when they get caught. Yeah, Lance Armstrong, uh, yeah. Ben Johnson back in the day. Uh, Shane Warne, actually, who did rebuild his, mm. his career. See, I, I think you fail one, fail two. Sorry, uh, it's becoming a coincidence here. But if you have evidence, you've got to publish that evidence. Well, that's we the bit do. I don't you've get. Do it's like he kept telling right. me, "I've got all the evidence. I've got yeah. this dossier." I said, "Well, give it to the yeah, exactly. give it to the governing body yep. because, it, or at the very least, publish it. Yep. Let the media see it, right? And then they can decide." I mean, he's reacting very emotionally, clearly, because obviously this is his career on hold. It at the peak of his career at yeah. 26. And I understand that. But, you know, there was a lot of kind of blaming not himself. Yeah. And I just think you are you are a very talented, very elite sportsman. You are, you are surrounded by an elite team. Mm. You could say that, oh, someone gave me a pill and I didn't know what it was and they were qualified, so I just took it. But at the end of the day, I'm assuming that might be in the dossier or if he has evidence... Well, what is bizarre really is the World Boxing Council, the WBC, they issued this report saying that they can't prove that he deliberately ingested nope. this thing, but they exactly. did say they believed it was in his body. Yep. He doesn't even accept that. They even gave him a get-out. They said, look, it could be he took too many eggs. He got yep. This got ridiculed. Yep. Yeah. But there was a WBC offering him a kind of alibi Absolutely. for why this might be in his body, which he has just completely rejected. Yeah. Now, yeah. either that is the response of a lunatic, mm. in other words, you're being given a get-out here, or it's the response of somebody who genuinely believes he's been... Aggrieved it. Yeah, or, or he's been badly advised. Yeah. 
And maybe maybe right. that's the third option. Don't know that, but it, but it could be. Because they were bending over backwards, to be fair. Yeah, they yeah. were. And uh, he, he thinks he's the victim yeah. of a conspiracy theory. Yeah. theory. Wow. He thinks someone is conspiring against yeah. him at the peak of his career. And I'm like, OK, fine, but you have the evidence that you're clean. In the I don't think he's got any chance it. of clearing his name unless he hands that dossier to the, to the uh, Board uh, of Control and, it, and, yeah. and publishes it simultaneously. It's what well, I would do. It's Chris yeah. Eubank exactly. Jr. I really feel yeah. sorry for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, He lost the fight. Yeah, The fight didn't take place. Yeah, I agree. Um... Let's turn to, uh, well, first of all, sensitivity readers raising their ugly heads once. <laughs> I don't know who these people are, but you just know uh, they're ugly. Uh, yeah. Right, first they came for Roald Dahl, then they came uh, for James Bond. Now they're coming for fairy tales, which apparently are too offensive and need to be changed. Well, Lady Bird books are said to be examining tales like Cinderella and Snow White. So Cinderella won't be assuming the prince uses he or him pronouns. He could be non-binary. Handsome prince and beautiful princess. And well, they're out too, because that could make young readers think that all that matters in life is being attractive, God forbid. And don't you dare have old ugly villains, because that's ageist. Uh, so you can't be beautiful, you can't be <laughs> ugly, yeah. you can't yeah. be a villain, you can't, you know, already be fat, you can only be enormous. Yeah. This is all ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I, I am deeply offended because this is Disney and I love Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and all of these stories growing up. I just think, what is the point? Why are you rewriting an author's vision? Because it goes far... You can disagree with the ideology, you can disagree with calling a, a princess beautiful. But who is offended by this? But you don't get to rewrite it. No, but Esther, who is yeah. offended? Who are these people? The, the, Fat the, people. Who are these absolute <laughs> cretins out there but the, who think, you know what, the thing about Cinderella is, it's offensive. Look, look Shut up, look, go look, away, look. <laughs> go back under the crawl you came out of, I, and sensitivity readers, I, they should I, all I, be banned... Fired, yeah. sent away. My, uh, hang on, hang on. You wouldn't say Agatha Christie's and then they were not, uh, non would go back to its old title of Ten Little and then use the N word, right. would you? Well, so you? So you accept the principle there is a line that is crossed sometimes. Okay, I'll accept that. Right. I'll accept that. There is, there is a line. Because I don't yeah. think it should be completely everything should no. be published the yeah. way it used to be if, for example, yeah. it has the N word in a title. I get yeah. that, right? Although some people don't. Some yeah. people think you should just stick yep. rigidly oh, to yeah. how they originally I'm, publish I'm complete, it. But I can accept there might be very, very few exceptions. Yeah. But when you start getting into whether a prince might be non-binary, yeah. this is complete nonsense. Yeah. I, I it is. I, even no, you. No, no, look, even yes, you, a well-groomed no, old woke. Even, even, even me, and I kind of think books should, by and large, stand as they were written. Yeah. But I read books to my grandkids and they're bought by their parents and my daughter and her husband and they're very different to the books we read to our kids that I read to my daughter and I can see perhaps people aren't buying them anymore perhaps if you're Ladybird you've got repealed to a new market no. so it's a commercial no. pressure because this market is a tiny market of people honestly who do you meet in real world who thinks this way? Yeah. I don't meet these people. I mean, I think, I think, to be honest, there is a part. I of try. I go. I go out in the street. I are you a woke imbecile? Where are you? <laughs> I do are you feeling it. oversensitive I today? Does a lady bird book upset you? I think they're trolling us. I think huh? the point where they talk about the the prince being non-binary. I think they're trolling. It's us. ridiculous. To an, to an extent. Ridiculous. We're talking of trolling us. Uh, Matt Hancock. <laughs> Oh, God. So in the it's... Telegraph lockdown files, which are endlessly sort of riveting and entertaining in equal measure mm -hmm. and horrifying, of course, um, he emerges exactly how I thought he would, yeah. which is it's basically all about Matt Hancock. Yeah. And we actually we, we saw one message today in the in the mm -hmm. coverage where he's talking about the vaccine rollout, 
desire for a turbo boost for it. I called for this two months ago, he messages on WhatsApp to his team. This is a Hancock triumph. He's talking about himself. Mm. Esther, I mean, what is he doing here? And then he's furious that Alok Sharma might go on TV, which, given how appalling Alok Sharma was on TV, I don't blame him for being furious. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not in the Commons. I should do a clip. I should definitely do the rounds tomorrow. It must not be Alok, because Alok might get some credit. It's pathetic. I mean, he is... He has no self-awareness. I think that... I mean, we yeah. were able to establish that. But this is just shows the extent of his narcissism, because he actually felt like he was a victim of, you know, a pr privacy breach because he was caught heavy petting mm. a lady he was cheating on his wife with. And then he got... Th these messages were released and he, th he thinks he's part of a conspiracy to, to you know, breach his privacy. And now he, he believes that he should get credit for everything. As if he's some sort of mini Well, the dictator. one thing, Kevin, which emerges from this as a sort of conclusion is nothing constitutes a Hancock triumph. No. Yeah. No, no, not... I mean, he is the yeah. man who put the cock into Hancock <laughs> as health secretary. Yeah. And I think, I think he just shows himself to be thin-skinned, incompetent, chaotic and attention-seeking because he wants attention for his triumphs yeah. when they don't exist. And no, none of that would have really mattered if he hadn't been health secretary at the right. time yeah. of COVID and the and pandemic. And people weren't dying in large numbers. Yeah, in care homes and elsewhere. You're in and a care home, the words Hancock triumph are not being used. No, his, his protective ring was not a protective ring at all. Uh, Guys, got to leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed seeing you. That's it from me. Whatever you're up to, keep it uncensored. Good night. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.